This is Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Oh my gosh. Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like it. Players, coaches, insiders. Let's go. And of course, with a twist only Mace can provide. Buddy duddies. Now, swag. Here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason. Week one is over. Broncos for the seventh consecutive year in the win column for week one. A thrilling 27-24 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Andrew Mason with Ryan Edwards here inside the press box at Broncos Stadium at Mile High. And my friend, a lot of good, some bad. Down to the wire. Broncos making plays in the clutch when they need to. Showing the resiliency that they did not have last year. On balance, I'd say more positive than negative, certainly from this game, and you're happy it all came in a win. Yeah, I think that's exactly the way to look at it, and uh, we appreciate everybody joining us on Facebook Live as well as on Periscope right now. Really yes. cool. But, you know, it, it's, it's perfectly a, a good indication right now for me to look at it from just the way the game started. The Broncos end up having to punt on their first drive. Yeah, they were able to get a first down, but it inevitably bogged down at their own, on, in their side of the field, right? So you're de- at your own 39, you're punting the ball. You punt the ball, you get a three and out on defense, right? Yep. Okay, so not the perfect start that you're looking for, but uh, not – you know, unsalvageable. And what do you do? You throw an interception, a miscommunication, Case Keenum to Demarius Thomas. And how many times last year after that interception, of course, the very next play is a touchdown. Russell Wilson uh, hits his tight end and you, you could almost sense it with the crowd. You could almost sense the crowd feeling the way that we've all felt at that time. And instead of imploding, what do they do? They drive seven plays, 75 yards, and they score a touchdown to tie it up. That's the moment. That is the exact moment I felt as though we had turned a bit of the page from last year. Yeah, I think I even said on Twitter, when I saw that response to the first interception and then the quick touchdown pass from Russell Wilson to Will Disley, and they came right back downfield, solid drive, ending in Philip Lindsay's 29-yard catch and run, that's when I thought, okay, this team – is cut from a bit different timber than last year's team, which is what we had really been talking about throughout the offseason, throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. You know, they can bring in players, and it's well and good, but when things get tough, how are they going to respond? What is the fight back going to be? And I thought it was tremendous. It was like a forest fire. It's out of control, but it got contained. Last year, too many of those fires were not contained. This year, at least in week one, it was, and... I think that's the biggest positive I take from this. Yeah, I mean, you can go through Keenum to Emmanuel Sanders, and they Mm -hmm. had a big game, and Philip Lindsay emerging with 102 yards from scrimmage, and that mattered too. But the resiliency. I think we know the Broncos have good skill players. We know what their edge rushers can do. We know where the strengths of the team are, but the fact that they were able to bounce back whenever they had adversity, I think that's the biggest takeaway from this game. Even bigger than Von Miller having a near career day not Super Bowl 50 level no because of significance but it was but it was massive it was absolutely massive uh took a ball away from Chris Carson mid-run yes uh, just something you don't very see very Mine. often yeah it, it was it was amazing <laughs> the three sacks that he ended up putting up uh he he was a beast and it, it's 
it's exactly how Coach Joseph described it as, yep. hey, look, we had to hold him back during training camp. Otherwise, he's going to wreck practice. And that's kind of what he looked like out here. The addition of Bradley Chubb looking like Shaq Barrett has come to another level as he had that mm -hmm. monster sack in the game. Uh, look, th there's things to clean up. And, of course, in a win, that helps the fact that you can say, well, we won the game. The Broncos won the game. Mm -hmm. uh, there are clearly things to, to clean up. But in this moment – I think you take solace in knowing that a lot of teams around the NFL week one, it's up and down performances from mm -hmm. all three phases. And I think we kind of saw that a little bit with the Broncos today. Yeah, good and bad on all sides. Now, let's start with the positive on the offense. Okay. Just one simple number, 470. Yeah. I mean, they cow. marched up and down the field yes. at times on Seattle. And really, if not for the, the giveaways in this game – I think you're talking about a very comfortable Broncos win. If you can clean that up, I think you're going to solve a lot of the problems. And I think with Case Keenum, I would describe this in baseball terms. I would say he's having a little bit of a regression to the mean mm -hmm. because he has six interceptions in his last three games, including the postseason last year. He had seven in the regular season. Reality for Case Keenum is probably going to be somewhere in between where he was last year and the six picks in the last three games. It probably settle around, say, 13 or 14 picks. But if he's throwing multiple touchdowns every game, you're pretty happy with that. I mean, I don't think he's going to go throw three every game. That puts him on a 48-touchdown pace. But if he can average two a game, and he's got, say, 32 touchdowns and 13 or 14 picks, which I think is possible yeah. with, the with the diverse array of targets that Case Keenum has, you're going to be pretty happy with Well, and think about the, the three interceptions. The first one was clearly a miscommunication mm -hmm. with Demarius Thomas. We, we'll have to find out who that was actually on, whether it was on Case, whether it was on Demarius. Mm -hmm. But that one, is, I'm not saying forgivable. It's just that those things happen, mm -hmm. especially in the first regular season game. And then the other two were him clearly forcing it. The, the third one was the one I actually hated the most because yeah. he actually had Sanders open. He just waited a really long time. And then finally threw it when – it, the timing was, was couldn't be worse to throw that ball. That was a, an interception we've seen mm. before, not necessarily from Case, but we've seen that, that interception from quarterbacks in recent memory. But the one he forced into Jake Butt, it, it, look, it just was a bad throw. Mm. Like, he, he thought he had a window. He put it in a place that he thought he might be able to get to, and, mm. and it was a great play by the defensive player. So uh, not all interceptions are equal in this case. I think that the first one is something they're going to clean up. Yeah. The other two – those are learning experiences, and I think he's going to be better. Now, your po point about regression to the mean, there's something to that. We're talking about a guy that over last season, over the regular season, threw a total of seven interceptions, and he's got three today. He's got to get that cleaned up. But 329, three touchdowns, I mean, you're going to take that. You'll, you'll take that every time, and you'll take it in a win. And I look at the defense, for example. They give up 24 points, but two of them came on short fields. Now, you don't want to be giving the ball away like that. There was a moment where it looked like last year. Mm -hmm. Giveaways, short field for the defense, offense scoring. Two of Seattle's three touchdowns today came on drives that started inside Broncos territory. That felt familiar. Yes. So that's something you got to clean up. Another thing for the defense to clean up, tight ends. We talk oh about this a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I know a lot of people are going to be running out to the waiver wires and fantasy football to grab Will Disley. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to ever repeat a three-catch, 105-yard, and one-touchdown performance With in missed career. tackles helping that along, and Justin Simmons was pretty candid talking about that yes. after the game. 
Yeah, I mean, you're talking about repeat performances. Look, I, I think Tyler Lockett can have a 51-yard touchdown. I mean, that, yes. that is the kind of game that he can have. But again, he only had three catches for 59, and he mm. led the receivers, of course, because they lost Doug Baldwin early on. Mm. Those are That's a performance that can repeat. Will Disley, that's just indicative, again, of the tight ends for the Broncos. And the poor tackling. Look, I mean, people were, were, were asking me about after Twitter, like, what are, what are you concerned about the most? And I said, look, it's all kind of concerning. I think if you're the coaching staff, you're going to approach this and say, we got to be better. we got to be positive in the turnover margin. And the other side of that, we've got to tackle these guys. Mm. I mean, we can't let them get the run after the catch that, that Will Disley was able to get. The touchdown, um, uh, you know, a bit of a breakdown. I'll have to go watch it again. But uh, we were watching it from the, from the press box. It just looked like a, a miscommunication. But – I, I guess when it comes to a lot of these mistakes right now, I mean, I, I, I feel like they're they're all correctable, mostly. Tight ends they're going to probably struggle with, though. Yeah, and I think the worrisome thing with the tight ends there is that it's something that was a problem in previous years. It was a problem in preseason and training camp. The Bears, during those joint practices and then in the game, their tight ends had their way. So, mm-hmm. you know, against some teams you're going to be able to get by, but, I mean, you start looking at some of the tight ends that are looming. You're looking at Jared Cook. Mm. Maybe a Hayden Hurst in week three. For Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey in week four. You've got uh, the Rams finding their tight ends, and they come in here in week six. You know, you're gonna, This is something you're going to have to get right and get right in a hurry. No doubt about it. Let's, I want to talk about the running game for a moment for the Broncos. 146 mm. yards on the ground. Look at the symmetry of Philip Lindsay and <laughs> Royce Freeman. Now, the thing about it, and Vance Joseph said it after, now as far as he's concerned, they got three quite capable backs. I know that the mm-hmm. people that are anti-Devante Booker aren't going to want to hear that, but the way Vance Joseph looks at it is they got three capable backs. This was a bit of a hot hand. Philip Lindsay yes. was running as well as he was, 15 carries, 71, 4.7. Of course, he also had two catches for 31. Their, their consideration there is, well, look, if he's going to play that well, we can't keep him off the field. And, you know, we predicted that being something later on in the season that would mm-hmm. probably happen. I didn't predict it being in week one. But I will say that it's a good sign for the Broncos because I think what it ends up – it ends up telling – the team is if you play well, you'll see the field, even if it's two rookies closing out the game. And that was pretty impressive to me. Well, you trust them. That's yep. why, you know, that's why they're on your roster. But, you know, it took a leap of faith a little bit for the Broncos to rely on two rookie running backs. But if you've watched them in preseason and watched them in training camp, they're your best two. They are. They're the one, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, when they're out there, you have to account for them. Mm-hmm. A defense is looking across the line of scrimmage, seeing them, and especially Philip Lindsay because of his speed, and they're adjusting a little bit. And, you know, some, some, games, some games it's going to be Royce Freeman getting the ball a lot. Some games it's going to be Philip Lindsay. But, yeah, both 15 for 71, both average 4.7 yards per carry. And then, of course, Philip Lindsay, when he's wide open, he's going to cause problems. A little bit of a coverage breakdown. You know, a lot of rookies were involved in this game. Yes. Good and some good, some bad. One example of the bad was Shaquem Griffin. Yes. Not rotating over when Lindsey got in the flat. Case Keenum quickly identified him, and he was off to the races. And then positive for the rookie, Deshaun Hamilton Deshaun with a block Hamilton. on Tedrick Thompson to get Philip Lindsay of the end zone for his first career touchdown. Rookies Ooh. all over the place. It was a thing of beauty. Deshaun was not targeted in this game, but you notice they had him in a lot of blocking. They like him in that. Not really a jumbo package, more of like a power eye type yeah. scheme where you got one receiver, two tight ends, and then eye formation. You've got Andy Janovich in front of where the tailback is. And I think they see 
the blocking ability of Deshaun Hamilton. That's why when they went to that formation, more often than not, Deshaun Hamilton was the solo receiver. Now, the key to make that work is having the threat of a throw. I think they did try to throw once out of it, and it was incomplete. But mm-hmm. uh, I think you'll see them use that more and more. They had some success with that. You know, Janovich had some more key blocks today. Another good game for him in limited work, but that's not surprising. And they were lining tight ends up in the backfield, too. Jake Butt was out there blocking. Saw one play where he blocked Bobby Wagner on a five-yard sweep. Otherwise, Freeman. Yep, and we knew that was going to be part of it. All right, so uh, another not-so-great moment was Tim Patrick wide open over the middle of the field. It, It looked like he mistimed his jump. Yeah. Is that how it looked to you? I mean, I watched a few times on replay, and it just – I mean, he could have gone for six. I mean, Mistimed you, you, his jump, got too excited, yeah. whatever you want to say. Think of what Tim Patrick has been doing all summer. It's been plays in traffic. And there he's got some separation. There yeah. he's – and all of a sudden he can't quite make it. Uh, and that kind of typical, you can make the hard catches, but then the one that should be easy can't quite pull in. But he'll have other chances. He'll have other chances. Demarius Thomas had a couple of drops early on, but – it seemed like he still made many of the catches you needed when it counted. I still can barely understand how Case Keenum was able to fit that ball in for that touchdown. Oh, my. And and then Demarius getting his feet down. And, <laughs> and I got to say, for Demarius Thomas, rough game at times early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then rebounding. And that sort of is encapsulates what the team is and wants to be. But on offense, overall thoughts is you're seeing a lot of explosion. You're seeing mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of pre-snap movement. You're seeing a lot of interesting plays, keeping a defense off to, off balance. They're going up tempo at times. Mm-hmm. They're huddling. I mean, they're, they're they're kind of mixing it up. And I that I came away with. I think a lot of Broncos fans are going to feel pretty positive about the offense overall, even with the three interceptions. They're going to feel pretty positive about it because you saw a, a running tandem in Freeman and Lindsey that can work. You yeah. can you not only have a passing running back but you have a running back a bell cow type running back in freeman and that Lindsay honestly ran with so much burst even ha- getting the handoff sometimes he, i mean sometimes he get to the ball a little faster than i think case keenan was even ready for yeah. it to hand the ball off to him uh, but you have that you have emmanuel sanders looking completely revitalized he had an absolutely outstanding game actually 10. set a broncos week one record for receptions there you go 10 for 135 and a touchdown puts and a front on, flip puts him on a on pace for 160 Mm. But damn, damn. <laughs> Saw all sorts of explosion on the defensive side of the ball. Six sacks, Mace. Wow. wow. Out- outstanding wow. pressure they were able to get. And we, we went, look, we covered this with Russell Wilson. Uh, sometimes he buys time. Look, right? He, sometimes he's going to lead into sacks. There were a couple of sacks that were definitely him trying to make something happen mm-hmm. downfield. But a lot of those were just pressure yep. and, and, and design. So and the, the NASCAR package was yes. working well today. When you have three edge rushers out there, sometimes you would see Von Miller not involved. The sack by Shaq Barrett at the end of the first half, yeah. that was a NASCAR package without Von Miller. And yet you had Shane Ray and Bradley Chubb getting pressure up the interior, and that opened it up for Shaq Barrett off the edge to get the sack. They worked together. I mean, you can point to plays that were made by all four of those eggs rushers, even though Shane Ray didn't get a sack, he was mm-hmm. involved in collapsing the pocket and getting pressure. And I think the fact that he's 250 pounds, it helps him when he has to go inside. Mm-hmm. He still has more speed, though, than anybody he's going to go up against when he's trying to shoot through that A-gap. What would you think about Bradley Chubb today? Good and bad. Yep. Yep, he had the. He, He's he got to work on coverage. But you know what? He helped on one of. I know yeah. for a fact on one of Brad uh, Von Miller's sacks, mm-hmm. it was actually pressure coming from yes. the other side on Bradley Chubb. I think he's going to be very effective. Hey, he had a half sack today. He did. So that puts him on eight sack pace. We've talked about eight sacks for him. Mm-hmm. 
as a potential benchmark for this year. But solid game, but again, in coverage, he's got some work to do. And if he's going to flourish as that strong side outside linebacker, he's going to have coverage responsibilities from time to time, something he's going to have to work on. One thing I want to continue to see, I mean, of course, the wide receivers were heavily involved, accounting for most of the catches in this one. Running back, Philip Lindsay had the uh, touch, one of the touchdowns, the very first touchdown. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to see the tight ends worked in a little bit today. They only had three catches for yeah. 44 yards, which is better than... But they moved been. the chains when they got them. They, they did, and you know they what? They were important catches. And Case Keenum talked about that route that Jake Butt ran. It was a third down. Oh. He, now, he got the he got ended up smacked in, the, in the, fa- the face mask, and he ended up getting a penalty, drawing a penalty. But what a route by Jake Butt. Outstanding. And, and at that point in the game, you're down by four. Yeah, a field goal might help you, but you really needed six points. You need to keep that going. And that's what Jake Butt is for. When the field is getting a bit smaller, when you need to make plays that get you inside the 20 and then you know, close the deal, I think he's going to have some touchdowns this year, obviously. But you know, that's the sort of play that you brought in Jake Butt for. Absolutely. Let's get to a, a couple of comments here okay. on uh, Facebook Live before we uh, – and, again, we'll be on tomorrow from 10 to 1, right. breaking it all down. Uh, we'll have some sound from Will Parks, Justin Simmons, Chris Harris. So make sure you tune in there. We'll have it all we'll have a mm. breakdown for you. Um, let's see here. A couple things coming in. I can't wait to see this team fully click. This from Brian, especially in office. If we don't have three turnovers in this game, it could have been a lot worse for Seattle the way we played. And that that's a point that I think everybody really is going to come away from is you actually had a chance to really dominate and blow, blow the Seahawks out in mm-hmm. so many ways. But as I pointed out at the very beginning of this, First game of the season. Oftentimes, you see performances like this. You see, you see te- guys not being completely on the same page, and you're thinking to yourself, "How is that possible?" You guys had all off season, you had all pr- training camp and preseason, mm-hmm. but the fact is, the starters just don't play that much. They don't play full games. Yeah, I mean, you can add up their work in the first three preseason games, and you've got roughly a game, maybe a little less than a game, and that's not enough to get everything in sync like you would want it to be it's a function of you know of how you have to go about the season you know you're limited in practice as well you don't have as many two-a-days mm-hmm. I mean the two-a-days are basically the second being a walkthrough so you everything is truncated a bit off-season work training camp work I think that led to some of the tackling issues quite frankly yes you don't have a chance to really work on full tackling we see poor like tackling. you once did and yep. I think Sometimes that catches up with you, and there was some bad tackling today. And the Broncos are hardly the only team. And we're making excuses because if you're Joe Woods and Mance Joseph, that's mm-hmm. one of the first. You're going to yeah. put on that highlight of that long 61-yard uh, scramble there mm-hmm. by uh, their tight end Disley. Yeah. You're going to put that up on the screen and say, "What? What was going on here, guys?" Yeah. Hopefully, that'll be the worst kind of play like that we see from the defense. Question on Twitter: Case need to worry? I don't think so. No, because he made the touch. He he drove down and scored the touchdown with the DT when it mattered. Yeah, and that's what you want. He we, responded well to every mistake. He, he did, and well, we we pointed out the start of the game, right? You you throw that interception. It's a bad read. Whatever it ended up being, miscommunication miscommunication with DT. Earl Thomas returns it down. Next play, Russell Wilson scores a touchdown. Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, all three of those guys fold like origami. That not case. Case case a seven play drive drives right down the field, scores a touchdown to Philip Lindsay. That was the difference. You're going to hear from Will Parks if you're listening on the podcast. Obviously, we're doing this on Periscope. We're doing this on Facebook Live. This is going to be in a podcast. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for listening. 
Will Parks we're going to have on later, and he talked about how Case Keenum came back to the sideline, didn't lose any of his confidence. And that gave the defense confidence. Where in years past. Exactly. And he made the comparison that, you know, last year, year before, you know, it wouldn't be that same kind of resilient reaction. This year you felt like, okay, it's cool. We got this. It's a, it's a good place to be in that they won. So we'll acknowledge for a yes. moment that if they lose this game, we're pointing to Case Keenum and his three turnovers, which were bad at interceptions. Yes. And, and maybe there's a little bit of a cause to alarm because there are expectations about Case Keenum, but there are people still on the fence about him. There are expectations of him to play mistake-free football. That's right. And while I don't expect he's only going to have eight giveaways like he did in the regular season last year, you don't expect three interceptions in a week. And that's something he's going to have to clean up a little bit Otherwise, they may have to uh, change the way this offense pushes downfield. And I don't want to see them change that because the offense today looked dynamic. Now, that being said, I thought they took advantage of what is at this point a shaky Seattle secondary. One thing that I I guess I will, after I go back and watch it uh, tonight and tomorrow morning, I will probably come back and be a little bit concerned about is the way they played in the second half. I mean, look at at what they ended up doing. You have punt, interception, Punt, field goal, punt, punt, uh, or sorry, touchdown, punt, punt. Now, of course, that last punt was uh, part of uh, running out the clock. They actually, that was a very successful drive, but not exactly stomping your foot down on your opponent at home when they're missing their best wide receiver. They trade away two of their receivers in the the, uh, the offseason, or not traded, but let let them go in free agency. So, uh, second half. If I'm and it's, this isn't Nick picky. This is something they need to be better at. Looking at it from the second half, I I want to see a, a little bit more of a closer's mentality on basically what would have been a much better day if they could have pulled, put it together. Earn your coffee. Yeah, for closers. But on the positive <laughs> side for the defense, fifteen drives for Seattle, seven of them ended without a first down. Whew. Dominance. And the Broncos conversely had fourteen possessions. Only two drives end without a first down. One three and out, one interception. So that's another thing that was different from last year for the yeah. offense. Even if they're not having they successful sustained. drives, they're at least getting a first down, giving the defense a breather mm-hmm. instead of them having to go right back out over and over again. So that's 12 out of 14 drives for the Broncos ended in a first down. One of the things I keep track of is three and outs. Yes. And the Broncos getting nearly 50% on defense for, for Seattle's offense. That's good. And only having two three-and-outs for the offense, that's terrific. Okay. Well, I, I kind of feel like that's a, a good place to stop here. Thank yeah. you again on Facebook Live. Thank you here on uh, Twitter for joining us on Periscope. Now, you've got some great interviews coming up. Let's go right to Will Parks, and we're going to follow that with Justin Simmons. Last year, one mistake would become two, three, or four, but this today – You'd have there be a mistake by the team, and it seemed like that's where it stopped, like containing a fire. So what does it say about how different this team is from last year? Oh, man, um, I think we believe in each other. Um, you know, that's a simple word. Um, it's a simple statement. But, I mean, at the end of the day, um, trust has us in it. You know, you take out the T, you take out the R, you take out the other T, it's us. Um, you've got to trust each other. we got to believe in each other. And, you know, everything else, uh, play yourself out. Um, and that was, and, and that's the, the bottom line. Um, 
you know, throughout preseason, offseason, OTAs, Coach kind of gave us a bond um, that was unbreakable. As far as, you know, if, if any guy making mistakes on or off the field, pick them up because the guys that we're going into the season with are going to be the guys that we're going to go to the Super Bowl with. And at the end of the day, you know, that's that's all we're working towards. We're working to one, one common goal, one game at a time. Um, and as long as we do that, man, I think that, you know, the coach around here should be set and we should be pretty fine. Is it good to see Philip and Emmanuel kind of making plays at, at somebody else's expense for a change rather than in camp against you guys? Man, that's that's awesome, man. And, and at the end of the day, man, those guys are going to do what they do. I mean, they're, like I said before, there aren't too many people that can stick with Emmanuel. Um, actually, this week I was guarding him in, uh, at, at the nickel for the scout team, and, I, and, uh, and, and all I was doing was moving my feet, getting ready for the game. And, you know, I just kind of, in the back of my mind, I, I was just thinking, like, how do these guys – even try to stay with him throughout the field. I mean, and, and his leadership skills, man, you can tell he has some type of impact with all the guys that's similar to his body type because they kind of all move the same, you know, and that's and that's, and that's that's the dope part about it. And I guarantee you he will go back home tonight and probably work out or something because he feels like, you know, he left something out there on the table. So um, and, you know, I'm proud of him and for his leadership that he showed me personally, um, um, you know, showing me the ropes and, and being able to, uh, you know, help me out with certain concepts that he'll think a receiver or a tight end to do. Uh, this year's night and day from last year as far as being out there, being disciplined. And, and I, I pay a lot of homage and kudos to him, man. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. How would you grade the overall defensive performance today? Oh, man, uh, you know, obviously people outside looking in would, you know, say we got turnovers at the right time, so they probably give us an A. Um, I'll probably give us a B plus. Uh, you know, we left a lot of things out there. Um, and, and we're all hungry, so I'll probably never give us a, even if we have a perfect day, um, because that'll keep us fired up, that'll keep us rolling. Um, you know, there's still people talking, you know, crazy bad about us, and, uh, you know, as long as we stay hungry and stay and stay humble, man, you know, we know what we can do, so that's, that's what it is. I know it got frustrating last year sometimes. The offense couldn't pick it up when you needed to, but today it did. How much more complete do you think this team is as a result? Oh, yeah, Mace, it's, 20, it's 2018, you know, 2017 over with. You know, uh, we got four back there. Um, four is a great guy. And you can tell, you know, even when he had the turnover, he came back to the sideline smiling. We good, D. We good. We good. And I was just sitting there like, oh, yeah, we good. You know, that's the kind of guy you want, the kind of guy that's not going to mope and pout, you know, because he did something. I mean, those they, they're pros, too. They have schemes. They, You know, I'm pretty sure their defensive coordinators tell them to get the ball just like ours is. But, you know, at the end of the day, Casey is a, is a, is a leader. Um, he's a believer in Christ, and he believes, and he trusts us. So um, I'm pretty sure, you know, he probably didn't even think nothing of it because, you know, he as us as a defense as a d-back how much do you like all the extra rushes chris gets the gets the blitz that's ecstatic man you get you get so many people that can you know get you from so many different angles man i think that can that can be very 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 vital for us you just never know where a blitz could come from um and joe Woods putting us in critical situations man giving us the right calls at the right time um you know and then letting us go in the, letting us go out there and being able to play man that's that's awesome so um definitely kudos to all the coaches you know as far as putting us in position but um like i said there were a couple of times where we could have had more sex than we did and you know we got those are plays we got to make because you know as the season goes man you can't miss no plays you miss a play I think it's like a 67% chance that the next play will be a touchdown or something like that. I mean, we just we just taking it one day at a time and, and making sure that we're doing the right thing so that, you know, we can go to the ultimate goal and, and go to Atlanta. Now on to Justin Simmons, who, of course, had that big interception in the third quarter. Check it out. In terms of athletic interceptions, where does that rank for you personally, that leaping grab? Uh, um, I, yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, to me, it felt like I kind of just, I felt like I barely even jumped uh, to, to grab it. So um, I'm not sure. But uh, that one at Oakland was, was 
was probably my favorite the last year one in Oakland. But, um, you know, interception is interception. I mean, you know, not a lot of guys get, get them from Russell Wilson. So that's obviously an accomplishment. But um, besides that, man, I'm just proud that, that we got the win and it was a great team effort. On that play, what were you doing coverage-wise, and what did you see from Wilson? Yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, we were just in one of our coverages that um, we had worked on for so long, and I was, you know, obviously showing blitz on the backside, and um, when we were showing the blitz, uh, Russ thought he had uh, Brandon Marshall open for a hot, and obviously being a tall receiver, he tried to just float it up, not thinking that I, I think he wasn't thinking I was going to drop out, and so when I dropped out, um, just go high point the football, you know, go make a play. For this team last year, it seemed like there would be a mistake and it would become two or three. You couldn't stop the bleeding. Today, when there were mistakes, you guys compartmentalized. What does that say about how different this team is than last year? Yeah, I think the mental makeup is, is a lot better. I mean, I think we know where the areas that we struggle in and we just need to improve. Uh, you know, we did stop them. Uh, the other two times, but there, you know, that that first time when there was that turnover in the red zone, you know, the very next play we gave up a touchdown, and so um, we kind of just had to gut check ourselves right there and remind ourselves of, you know, our job is when we get on the field to stop them no matter what, no matter where they are in the field, and so, um, like I said, man, there are a lot of a lot of good things that happen. Um, obviously, a lot of a lot of bad things, you know, big plays in terms of that um, defensively, and so. We'll, we'll go to the corrections tape tomorrow. We'll look at that. We'll get all that fixed. And uh, we're just looking forward to, to Oakland on Monday. Speak of areas to improve, is tackling at the top of the list? Yeah, for sure, especially for me. Um, you know, one of the things I pride myself in is making open field tackles. And I missed, I know for myself, I missed two. And so, um, the, you know, you just give, you know, missed tackles are just uh, missed opportunities to, you know, get yourselves in better calls for whatever it is, you know, second and short, um, you know, second and long, whatever the call might be, but uh, you just can't do that. And so, you know, specifically talking about myself, that's something that needs to get improved and that'll be something that's, uh, that will be fixed. And that's it from a happy Broncos Stadium at Mile High, Broncos 27, Seahawks 24. We'll talk to you all week in the Broncos Audio Zone and on Orange and Blue 760. For Ryan Edwards, I'm Andrew Mason. Talk to you next time. This has been another edition of Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. That's how we get it done. We'll see you next time on Horsin' Around.